Greetings, little one. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Bad witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt! A newt. What's thou like to live deliciously? Got better. Dost thou comprehend? Welcome to Real Magic, the podcast at the crossroads of real witchcraft and Hollywood magic, where paganism and the supernatural meet their reflections in movies and television, and where we talk about what real magical or life lessons we can learn from fictional witches from 100 years of movie pictures. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Hey there, witches and weirdos. Welcome to another episode of the Real Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Mason, and today we're doing something a little bit different. We are actually returning to a topic that we've talked about before, and we don't have a guest, and that's because today, October 8th, when this comes out, is the publication day for my book, The Binge Watcher's Guide to Supernatural. I'm so proud of this book, and so in lieu of a guest today, I wanted to share with you some excerpts from the book and encourage you to go buy it if you like. If you like Supernatural, if you like my work, I think you'll enjoy it. The book is a guide to the entirety of the show. It has in-depth analysis of the ships, of the episodes, of the character arcs, and has lots of trivia and fun stuff. I hope you like that sort of thing. So I'm going to read you just a little bit of it and celebrate the publication of The Binge Watcher's Guide to Supernatural, which is available from Riverdale Avenue Books and wherever you can find books online. And you can also ask your local bookstore to get a copy of it in, but buy it online. That's probably the easiest way to do it. So without further ado, here we go. This book. This is Dad's single most valuable possession. Everything he knows about every evil thing is in here. And he's passed it on to us. I think he wants us to pick up where he left off. You know, saving people, hunting things. The family business. Who are you? I'm the one who gripped you tight and raised you from perdition. Yeah. Thanks for that. Okay, look. Yesterday was Tuesday, right? But today is Tuesday, too. Yeah. No, good. You're totally balanced. Betrayed me. No one in the history of torture has been tortured with torture like the torture you'll be tortured with. We got work to do. It all started, as so many things do, with the internet. During the spring of 2012, I was spending a lot of time on the internet, and being a giant nerd meant a good deal of what that time was spent on a quaint little site called Tumblr. I first joined Tumblr to talk about musical theater, and like everyone in 2012, to fangirl over the Avengers and Tom Hiddleston. But being on Tumblr in 2012 also meant one thing was unavoidable. Supernatural. Of course, I knew about Supernatural before Tumblr. I was aware of it when it first premiered in 2005, but had avoided it because it seemed like a boys-only version of my beloved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, whose loss I was still mourning at that time. Over the years, I'd caught bits and pieces, and thanks to the only episodes I'd seen being vampire-themed, I was under the impression that was what it was all about. I guess Jacob from Lost showed up as a devil at one point, maybe? But people on Tumblr were obsessed with this show, and not just with the brothers or the sexy angel that often teamed up with them, who I briefly thought was Spanished and named Castile. 
So when my wife had to study for the bar exam over the summer of 2012, I figured why not see what all the fuss was about. It could at the very least keep me entertained while she studied. At the time, there were seven seasons available. Surely that would take months to get through. Little did I know that this show about two brothers and their angel would change my whole life. Nine years after my first episode, Supernatural has imprinted itself like a handprint on my soul. It got me through a terrible bout of depression, inspired me to write reams of fanfic and Tumblr posts, and maybe most importantly, it inspired me to take on that passion and energy for the series and then turn it into a career. My love for Supernatural led me to write about it, which quickly spread to other pop cultural and legal subjects professionally, and for the past few years, that's been my actual job. I went from a fan squeeing over Sam and Dean and Cass on Tumblr to a reporter interviewing actors at conventions and events and even covering the show's landmark 300th episode gala. Now, that's what Supernatural did to me in my life, but that doesn't quite explain why. Why does this show have such a devoted fandom? What is it about Supernatural that inspires such obsession and love? Fans of the show travel all over the world to attend conventions and meet the stars. They create remarkable fiction and fan art and started a community that has done incredible work for charity, making the world a better and weirder place. But why? Is it the cool car? Is it the homoeroticism? The great tunes? The meta madness? Maybe that's all part of it. But I think the answer is a little simpler. When I describe Supernatural to people, it's hard to get across what really makes it such an addictive television. It's about these two brothers that drive across the country fighting ghosts and monsters. That sounds cool for sure, but it doesn't really capture what made the show so special that it ran for 15 seasons. It focuses too much on what the brothers are doing, but what drew me in, and what still draws new fans, is the first bit. Supernatural is a show about family. It's a show about love, about how standing up for and holding on to what you love and the people you love can save the whole damn world. It's about the fight for free will and making the right choices because of love. In November of 2020, after Joe Biden won the presidency and while the Georgia Senate runoff election was about to decide the balance of the U.S. Senate, the Supernatural cast had a reunion over Zoom with some special fans. Stacey Abrams and Senator Cory Booker, though Booker didn't want to talk about politics. He and Abrams want to explain how this little show about very hot men fighting monsters had given them hope and still gave them hope in saving America. Sam and Dean Winchester are hard men to keep down, but they're human. They've saved their world again and again, not because of their guns or their power, but because they believe in each other. And Castiel changed the course of the apocalypse because he believed in them too. Together, they stood up against incredible odds, even against, spoiler alert, God himself, for love. And that's powerful stuff. As you'll see in this book, and you'll know if you watch the show, there's so much great stuff about Supernatural. Jared Padalecki, Jensen Ackles, and Mishan Collins are perfectly cast as the leads, and they do so with a kindness and warmth that showed through on screen. It's scary, funny, sexy, smart, weird, and often subversive. There are meta episodes that take the death of the author to new levels, and there's some deep philosophical stuff about the nature of God, free will, and the universe too, and also some good dick jokes. And yes, I am a shipper. 
And the queer subtext between Dean and Castiel kept me coming back, even when the main story would go to a stale for a while. It's an incredibly romantic story if you want to see it that way. But whether you have shipper goggles on or not, the love at the heart of the show is what makes it so special to me and many others. Even when I get snarky about the bad episodes, and there are certainly a few, I do it because I love this show. It changed my life, and these characters will always be part of me. So, without further ado, let's rev the engine, because we've got work to do. A black car streaks down a lonely highway as a pale figure flickers on the roadside. There's a sign flickering above a seedy motel where a man is looking into the blinding light of an angel. A prophet takes a swig from a fifth of vodka and fixes a sentence in his latest novel, while lightning illuminates death himself taking a slice of pizza. The son of Satan contemplates free will over pie and coffee. The spirit of supernatural lives in the liminal, in the back roads and forgotten lore of America itself. It's a story about the shadows, both in this country and in ourselves, and it's best when it leans into the weird, subversive, and arcane. What first sold Supernatural might have been a look at what lurks in the legends and lonely roads of America, but became a complex meditation on family and free will. Two Brothers Hunt Urban Legends is pretty much the pitch that creator Eric Kripke sold when he began developing the series. For me, the core notion of Supernatural was to take a series about urban legends, Kripke called Variety in an oral history for the show's 200th episode. I think there's this incredible, rich mythology about the United States that no one had really tapped into. So when I started as a writer, one of the first things I ever pitched was an urban legend show. That's a quote from Kripke. Kripke's initial idea was a show about a reporter investigating urban legends, but no one thought, but no one bought that. So on the spot in a meeting, he scrapped it. Quote, I said, forget the reporter. We should do this show as Route 66. Two cool guys in a classic car, cruising the country, chasing down these urban legends. And literally on the spot, I said, and they're brothers, because it popped in my head. And they're dealing with their family stuff, and they're fighting evil. You just start making it up as you go. They were like, brothers. Now that's a relationship we haven't seen on TV. And from there, Supernatural was born out of a piece of improvisation. End quote. But it would still take some time before Supernatural became the kind of show that would run for 327 episodes and inspire a cult fandom. After Warner Brothers bought the idea for their network, there was the pilot to be written and shot. The original pilot had Sam and Dean, inspired by characters in Jack Kerouac's On the Road, carrying the last name Harrison. Eventually, however, they ended up with the name Winchester, inspired by the gun and the infamous haunted mystery house, which amazingly is never referenced in the show. And they also figured out something else. Essential. The car. Now, if you're new here, I'd like you to meet the real leading lady of Supernatural. For a while, fans called her the Metallicar, but Dean and the rest of us just call her Baby. Baby is a 1967 Chevy Impala, and she's the totem of the show in all ways. She's big, mean, scary, and can fit a body in the trunk. She's unwieldy, allowed, and has been torn up more times than the boys can count. And she's the most important car in the world. To understand and love Supernatural is to understand and love Baby. She's not just a Winchester's home, but arguably a cast member herself. In real life, she was played by six different cars, two of which went home with Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki when the series wrapped. The creak of her doors, the roar of her engine, and the sound of classic rock from her tape deck are the sounds of Supernatural. 
Now, Kripke sold the show, but since he was a newer writer at the time, he couldn't run the series alone. Enter Robert Singer, who would co-run the show with Kripke and every other showrunner after him. Singer brought his own stamp to the show, making the big ideas work. As a showrunner and director, he would be one of the few constants throughout the entire run, along with The Boys. Ah yes, The Boys. Casting the show is what took Supernatural from a fun idea to a show that would become a cult hit. Both Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki had experience on the WB before getting their roles on Supernatural, with Ackles on Smallville and Dawson's Creek and Padalecki on Gilmore Girls, ironically, as a character named Dean. These two giant Texas boys had a great chemistry and a lot of talent, but the thing that made them special were big hearts that didn't come with big heads. Jared and Jensen aren't simply great actors, they're truly kind people who care a lot about their jobs. That's more rare in Hollywood than it should be, but their decency, professionalism, and commitment to their crew and coworkers is something that's really legendary. I cannot tell you how many dozens of guest stars have talked about how good of a set Supernatural was, how they were treated with respect and kindness, and how that spirit came to the top of the call sheet down. These guys, plus a cool car and a great hook of a story made for a modest hit, but it took one more actor and element to elevate Supernatural to a show that would last a decade and a half, and he first appeared with shadowy wings and a trench coat. As much as I enjoy the first three seasons, in my mind, Supernatural doesn't really get its wings until the introduction of Misha Collins as the Angel Castiel. Not only did the introduction of angels give the show material for 11 more seasons of celestial and biblical story and possibly launching the most popular ship in the history of the internet, it also added a third incredible human to the cast. Misha Collins, like his co-stars, cared about making the world better and harnessed the supernatural fandom to really help people and bring them joy. Collins founded the charity Random Acts based on the energy of the devotion of supernatural fans and launched an international scavenger hunt called Gishwiz, now just Gish, to make the world weirder, better place. And his kindness and activism inspired fans and his castmates alike. Jared became an advocate for mental health and suicide prevention, launching his Always Keep Fighting campaign, with Jensen joining in as well. Other fan-favorite actors have since joined, and now the whole cast works for worthy causes and to spread kindness. And they couldn't do it without the fans. The Supernatural family, as we're called, is a seriously committed bunch of folks. And that fandom is still growing because year after year, Supernatural continued to be more interesting and more creative. It was so many things. Scary monsters, yes. But as the Angel story expanded, it became a show about faith, free will, and about the fight against huge powers for what's right. And of course, it was still about family. On the backs of creepy monsters, homoerotic tension, classic rock, and very self-referential meta, Supernatural goes deep. It deals with death, loss, trauma, and toxic masculinity. Abuse and the cycle of violence is a big deal on the show, as are the issues of codependency, depression, suicide, and capitalism. Most of the time, these are big ideas are explored in really interesting ways, driven by a character. But sometimes they aren't. That capitalism theme I mentioned, it sticks out for a reason. And the season where it takes the four is one of the weakest. There are bad episodes of Supernatural for sure. With 327 episodes, there are bound to be some lemons in there. 
but there are even more incredible ones. Episodes I've watched a dozen times and will keep watching again and again. There's so much to the show, and in some ways this book is just scratching the surface. But it stayed on the air because of its creativity, heart, and willingness to go big in terms of ideas and story. And I think they did a pretty good job. So, before you watch What is Supernatural About? I don't mean the plot. I mean the ideas the writers are trying to make work. That's what I want you to keep in mind as you read this book. There's the plot of the show, of course, but there's a moral to the story, and that's what we're interested in. And here's the second bit. These are what drive the story and make it interesting. But before we get into that, let's talk about how to find them, because they're often surprising places. Starting especially in season two, the monsters are are often not just a monster. They're usually something more, whose story somehow relates to our main characters. We call this narrative mirroring, and I'll be using that term a lot in this book. And these narrative mirrors tell us a lot about what the episode, season, or even series is about, often echoing specific themes that define each season. Now, these themes develop and change over the years. So many from season one won't make it through this whole run, but some will. The focus of the show changes as the characters evolve, after all. And that's a good thing. Naturally, we're interested in how these characters grow and their relationships change. So what are the themes that we'll see the most and that we should keep an eye out for in Supernatural? First and foremost, family. Loyalty to one's family, guilt for leaving one's family, found family, and abusive families. Family as a motivation for revenge and for change, and family as a thing that makes us who we are. Family is the thread that ties everything together, and it means love, but also conflict, resentment, codependency, and independence. And of course, that television favorite, daddy issues! The other big one is free will, which of course relates to family. How you're raised can affect your choices. Family can try to control you and tell you what to do, but growing up means finding your own path. That goes for Sam and Dean finding their own road without their father, all the way to them raising a kid who, well, we'll get there. No spoilers. Just not yet. Other stuff to watch out for in Supernatural is Americana. Toxic masculinity, homoeroticism, duty, guilt, terrorism, anger, and a brotherly love. And it all gets summed up in one little phrase. It comes up at the start and gets repeated until the very end. We've got work to do. There's just so much right there. It implies a mission, a destiny. It comes from a sense of duty and heroism wrapped in an all-American working class ethos. It's a collective statement because the Winchesters are a team. There's hope in a higher purpose, but a higher purpose can also be a controlling trap. And how do you know when you're done with that work? And it's a dangerous manipulation of fate, a subversion. See, Supernatural begins as a show about boys in a big car listening to rock music and shooting scary ghosts in the face. It's hyper-masculine and plays with a lot of horror tropes and expectations. Until it doesn't. These manly heroes are actually extremely sensitive, wounded characters. Early on, we find out that Dean is actually the more loving, soft character, while Sam turns out to be the dangerous one. The show constantly surprises the audience, taking wild left turns and big chances. Subversiveness is baked into the show, 
and that allows it to get really creative and weird, which leads to some of the most awesome and surprising episodes, and the most meta. Meta is a word you'll see a lot in this book. It refers to when a work of art refers to itself, which Supernatural does more than almost any show out there. As a show and story, Supernatural is incredibly self-aware. Within the universe of the show, starting in season four, there are books about Sam and Dean. Through this, it both mocks and celebrates its own flaws and tropes. And that's cool. Later developments have all sorts of implications against about who gets to write stories and who gets to decide how they end. And yes, the very nature of life in terms of free will and divinity. But these stories also have fans, some of whom write fanfic. Fanfic that includes the boys, you know, that way. Yes, they know their brothers. That brings us to another element of the show that wasn't intended, but comes up a lot. Queerness. Homoeroticism is inevitable in hypermasculine stories starring two or more ridiculously hot men. But Sam and Dean aren't the only characters people shipped. When Castiel enters a story, his relationship with Dean immediately has subtext. The show actually leans into it in a way that's pretty surprising. Which brings us all the way back to the beginning. This is a show about a lot of things, but at its heart it's about family built on love. And it starts and ends with that. And so there we go. That's a quick excerpt from my book that is out today. I really hope you pick it up. There's a lot more to it. As I said, there are sections on every single episode. And yes, that means three, all 327, though, honestly, Bloodlines doesn't really count. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. But I really do hope you pick it up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We will be back soon with some more fun witchy content. Another reason that this episode is short and sweet and supernatural this week is because this week I will be at Clexicon now in Vegas. I am moderating three panels and appearing on one or two more. I'm all over that con. So if you're there, please say hello. If you're listening after seeing me at Clexicon, thank you for checking out the podcast. Thank you for checking out the book. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Real Magic Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Fangirling Jess. We are on Patreon. We are on Discord. We are on everything. Um, and thank you so much for everyone who has supported me as I worked on this book. It is a labor of love for a show I love so much. Thank you so much. And remember, driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, pool. Goodbye, pool. Goodbye, tonight. Goodbye, bye, bye. Goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, tonight. Goodbye, tonight.